Welcome back to your Haunted Holiday. This is Lisa. And I'm Lindsay. And Lindsay, we have an interesting one today because over 14,000 people have died at this location. Whoa, that's a lot. I mean, it's haunted for sure. <laughs> and we say right. that a lot, but that's a lot of people that have passed away. And it's not just your average person. This is a jail. So it is all kinds of maybe some good people, but maybe some bad people mixed into that. Right. Those can make for some scary hauntings. No doubt. This is your haunted holiday at the old Charleston jail in Charleston, South Carolina. So the old Charleston jail, Lindsay, was built all the way back in 1802. And it was actually a jail for quite some time, all the way until 1939, it was housing prisoners. Now, the types of prisoners that this jail housed was all different kinds. It included pirates from the 1800s that were known to visit Charleston. It also housed Civil War prisoners. So it actually had Union soldiers from the Civil War and the conditions were absolutely horrendous, right? And we don't know how many of these, you know, prisoners of war were killed on the location, but I would imagine there was quite a few. Some of the other people that were here were slaves, murderers, people that were wrongfully convicted. So there was quite an expansive list of people that were here over the years. Wow. Yeah, I, I imagine back in, in the day, right, if you've got people there, you know, during the Civil War or slaves in prison, I mean, the, I'm sure it was really horrible conditions. Yeah, and one thing that they said in particular during the Civil War, one of the sounds that is just the creepiest thing to me ever is apparently the guards would walk along the jail cells and they would hear this like crunching noise and that crunching noise was lice eggs. <gasps> Horrifying. Just to give you an idea of what it must have been like there. I mean, that is disgusting. Tons of people over the years, you know, just died here from terrible conditions. But not only that, but they were executed just outside of this place. And then sometimes if their body wasn't claimed, they were just buried in the, the cemetery that was on the grounds there. So 14,000, according to public record, potentially even more, which is probably the most we've really talked about in terms of a single location number of people dying maybe i mean i know that i mean if you just look at the stuff we've covered in savannah with the wars that have been there and i mean they say that in all over the streets of savannah before it was really the city it is today there were just dead bodies everywhere from the battles that occurred during the revolution the civil war i don't know i i think that any documented uh case in one building or location area absolutely i think it is probably the most Right. And you bring up a really good point because there was a lot of battles that happened mm -hmm. in Charleston. 
Revolutionary War, but also the first shots of the Civil War were fired outside of Charleston. So there was battles, lots of death in general in the city. So there are ghost tours all over the city of Charleston, very similar to the city of Savannah. If you're, you know, listening to that, that backstory and the, the types of deaths that may have occurred in the city in general. Now for the jail here, I'm going to talk about a couple different prisoners that were pretty well known and passed away here. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is a man named Denmark Vesey. And he was somebody who was a slave most of his life, eventually won some sort of lottery, was able to become a free man. And he was a leader in the black community there in Charleston because he was able to read, he had carpentry abilities, that kind of thing. And he actually created his own church that had lots and lots of followers. Well, in 1822, he came up with a plan to free slaves. And his plan included a lot of the people from his church and his followers to kill the slave owners, which hey, I'm, I'm all right with that. And then what they're going to do, they were going to kill the slave owners and then they were going to take the slaves and put them on a ship to go to Haiti to be free. Well, unfortunately for Denmark, this did not work out. A local militia ended up finding out about these plans somehow. He got thrown under the bus and he, as well as five of his followers, were put on trial without a jury present. Like, they basically had no rights Mm -hmm. at all. And they were found guilty and sentenced to be hung. They all, all six of them, were hung at the location of the Charleston jail, as well as over the course of the years, they were, you know, looking for additional people involved in this plot, and they killed 30 more of his followers at this location. Wow. Well, you know, even back then, if they had had a jury, it certainly would not have been one of their peers. And, you know, we've come a long way, but yeah, absolutely. I'm very sure they didn't get a fair trial. So just a horrible story, but people that were killed here on this property. One of the most famous prisoners here, probably the most famous prisoner to stay here, is a woman, and her name is Lavinia Fisher. Okay, a lot of people say that she is the first ever serial killer in the United States, woman serial killer. That's kind of up for debate. I'm going to tell you the story about Lavinia and we can decide, you know, what we think may have actually happened here. So she owned a house along with her husband six miles outside the city of Charleston, and they called it the Six Mile House Inn. Hence, it was six miles outside of Charleston. And also, hanging out around Lavinia and John Fisher, they were known to hang out with gang members and just doing bad stuff, you know, on this property in general, right? So... What they would do, Lavinia was apparently pretty attractive. It was an inn, so she would attract, you know, local businessmen that were looking for a place to stay. They would come over. She would make them a meal, hang out, offer them some tea. Except for the tea, she would put some kind of poison in. It was either a poison or something to make them, like, really sleepy. Mm -hmm. And then they would go to their room. The person would lay down, go to sleep. 
And there's a couple different versions of events that would happen from here. So either her husband, John, would go into the room and stab them to death and then steal their money. Because that was the whole point of this plot was have some dinner. Let's talk about how much money you might have on you. You know, Mm -hmm. and if they think they got a lot of money, all right, let's give you the poison tea and send you upstairs to a room. That would happen. Or the other version that is out there is that there was actually like a contraption set up on the bed and they would pull a lever and the bottom of the bed would drop out and send the person into the cellar. And some accounts is that there was actually like spikes that they would like be thrown into the cellar on a bed of spikes. I feel like that would take a lot of energy and (laughs) and what not to set up, right? A lot of... A lot of engineering prowess to put that one together. I'm going with the first option is the more likely one, but a crazy story nonetheless. I would definitely agree with you. I I think so too. But, you know, so you never know. Right. And the other thing is people in Charleston were kind of talking like something bad is happening here. Like people are going missing, but nobody really thought they were doing anything or at least there wasn't any evidence to show that they were doing anything right what ended up happening to get them caught so there was a group of like neighborhood vigilantes that decided there's some bad stuff happening in this part of town we're gonna go up there and we're gonna get these gangs to cut it out or whatever. (laughs) And so they thought they had gotten it under control and they decided to leave behind one of their like neighborhood watch people to just kind of keep an eye on the place, report back if any of this activity stirs back up. Well, the gang decides to like drag this dude into this house of theirs and he looks to Lavinia like, oh my God, are you gonna help me? Like these people are gonna kill me. And Lavinia apparently proceeded to choke the guy and throw him out of a window of the house. And this guy lived, went to Charleston and told the authorities about it. Well, not long later, probably like the next day, this other guy shows up to the house. He was just a businessman, again, looking for a place to stay. He had asked, you know, do you have a room? And she said, no, we don't have a room, but come stay here anyway. We'll we'll get you some dinner at least goes in for dinner she's asking him finds out he seems to have a lot of money and she decides to give him the tea well it turns out this guy hates tea and he didn't want to be rude and so he just took the tea and like threw it out somewhere Mm -hmm. right so they're kind of wondering like man he doesn't seem to be getting drowsy but let's send him up to bed and she says actually turns out we do have a room well this guy's starting to be like a little wary like they were just asking me about my finances and now suddenly there's a room available so he's like okay so he goes to the room but instead of laying in the bed he decides he is going to sit in a chair to go to sleep so he can be more alert in the event somebody comes in to try to rob him which is mm-hmm. what he thought was going to happen so he apparently wakes up to a loud noise and it is the sound of his bed collapsing in he totally freaks out jumps out the window gets on his horse goes to charleston to tell the authorities 
And that is the breaking point that got Lavinia and John Fisher arrested. So maybe the bed contraption thing is real, if that's if that's the witness account. I mean, you know, we live in a crazy world, <laughs> as, as unlikely as I think it would be. I mean, totally possible. I know. I, I was shocked by that because at first I was like you. I was like, yeah, right. That can't possibly. Right. But this person's account said the bed, you know, is going in. Sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction. I mean, yes. Now, here's the other thing I, I'm going to say about this. A lot of this is like we know Lavinia and John Fisher were real people. They were arrested and prosecuted. But the rumor is there was hundreds of bodies buried under this house of theirs. And there's never been any anything actually documented to verify that, right? Mm -hmm. So some of this could just be stories that have gotten more exaggerated over the years. Because, in fact, they were prosecuted for highway robbery. They were never prosecuted for murder. However, back in the this time, highway robbery is a capital offense. You can be mm. executed for that. And they were convicted. So they're both convicted. They're going to be executed. And John, the husband, was like, I'm, you know, suddenly going to be Christian again, talking to a reverend, like, right. I need to be saved. I feel so terrible about all this, whatever. Lavinia, on the other hand, was like, screw that. Uh-uh. Like, screw all of you. You know, like, she was not <laughs> repentant <laughs> at all. Okay? So one thing that happened. So when they finally are getting brought out to the gallows, she insisted on wearing her wedding dress. And she went, like, kicking and screaming the whole way, like, as they're carrying her out there. And she gets up there. Her and John have the rope around their neck. John literally is telling the crowd, like, I didn't do this. I'm repentant, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And she, it's so polar opposite because in, what she said to the crowd was, if you have a message you want me to send to hell, give it to me now and I'll carry it. And then what she did, instead of waiting for the, the person, the executioner, to like drop the floor to snap their neck, mm -hmm. she decided to leap forward and kill herself. But her Jeez. neck didn't snap right away. So she was like flinging back and forth in the air for like 15 minutes. Whoa. What a crazy story. Unbelievable. You know she's haunting this jail walking around in that wedding dress. Okay, guys, we have not thrown out another recommendation for a podcast in a while, and we have another really good one for you. It's called Harpy Hour. They release episodes every Tuesday, and it's basically a group of friends that they call themselves harpies. They explore things that they find interesting or absurd in the arts, science, history, and pop culture, and things that they think you will find interesting too. Check out their promo. Hey everyone, you're invited to Harpy, Harpy Hour. Hour. I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. I'm Steph. We are the Harpies. And Harpy Hour is our new podcast featuring ridiculous stories in history, science, and entertainment. Were you ever suspicious that pigeons were secretly spying on you? How do you know who to eat first if you survive a shipwreck? 
Do problematic musicals send you into an uncontrollable rage? If so, then Harpy Hour might be your new favorite podcast. That's H-A-R-P-Y for Harpy, and new episodes air every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on all social media at Harpy Hour Pod. And check us out on harpyhourpodcast.com. Okay, bye! So obviously, there are tons of ghosts here, and ghosts that are ranging. There are pirate ghosts, murderer ghosts, like they have it all at this location. (laughs) (laughs) You want to see any sort of ghost? Go right over here to the jail in in, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. (laughs) Absolutely. And the activity runs the gamut. You know, they have apparitions, they have objects moving. There are disembodied voices, slamming doors, things that will grab you that you can't see, scratches. They are very well known to have scratches. Now, they really started noticing activity back in 2000. They were doing a renovation. They had discovered lead paint, which makes a lot of sense in this old jail. And so they, like, covered the whole place to seal it while they were, you know, dealing with the lead paint problem. So nobody had been in there. And when they returned, there's, like, a lot of dust on the floor and stuff. The workers found footprints, human footprints. And they were like, that's impossible. This whole place was completely sealed off. This doesn't make any sense. So Mm -hmm. these workers are already like, hmm, this is a little sketchy right these footprints just showed up but you know you could explain that away in your own head to a degree right right maybe those footprints were there by us maybe someone did get in i mean maybe not uh, yeah maybe i just forgot there you know? could be a reasonable explanation yeah. right you're always me at least like i'm always thinking what what could possibly i try to explain stuff away especially in my own house They weren't able to do this with the next major event that occurred to these workers. So on the third floor, they see a prison guard that is pacing back and forth, rifle in hand, okay? Mm -hmm. And this prison guard sees them and proceeds to charge at them and then disappears, like right before they actually connect. And then they were like, well, we can't explain that away. Right. That's not explainable, right? That's awesome, though. That would be such an amazing apparition. Right. And I wonder, because it clearly saw them and was reacting, like, did this prison guard think they were, you know, Union soldiers, a person in jail that was out of their cell? Right. What did this, this ghost was reacting to them, Mm -hmm. which is fascinating. There's a lot of other ghosts in this location, but of course, one of them that you are going to want to look for is Denmark Vesey, the guy who, you know, had tried to free slaves there in Charleston. So you want to keep an eye out for him. But the other one that you really want to look for is Lavinia. She is apparently still there. She ain't happy. She's pissed off at the world and she's going to make herself known. So she's probably the most popular ghost that you're going to see there. She's seen quite a bit on the second floor, which is where they stayed in the prison before they were executed. But she's also been seen quite a bit on the third floor. One of the creepier stories about Lavinia 
was there was a guy that was working there and inside the jail there is a set of windows glass windows that goes into the old officer quarter so he's still inside but he's looking through a set of windows and he sees a woman in there wearing a white dress because remember she wore her wedding dress to be executed and it looks like she's staring at him through this window but then he realizes he thinks that she's in the officer's quarters she's actually standing directly behind him oh my gosh that's her reflection reflection. oh very scary yes so she's all about trying to scare the crap out of you basically This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations, and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tingling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part. My services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. So the old Charleston jail is oddly owned today by the American College of the Building Arts. So it's not like one of these attractions that I'm going to talk about some tour options here in a little bit, but it's actually like a running college right now. And it's people that are, you know, getting a four year degree, but they're also working on different craftsmanship things, carpentry and and stuff like that. So they are in that jail all the time and they do say that they experience stuff here but it's not a place that you would think because it looks kind of like a school on the inside of this like creepy old jail Hmm. now just because it's owned by a college does not mean you cannot get entrance into this building there is a local tour company there that offers tours of charleston history tours food tours they offer all kinds of tours in charleston but one that they are really known for is the specific tour of the old city jail now the typical tour that they offer there is 45 minutes long and it costs 34 dollars for adults 24 dollars for children and the company that you're going to go through it's called bulldog tours is the one that i was able to find online 
Now they also offer private tours. The pricing wasn't on their website, so you'd probably need to call them if you have a large group where you're like, why don't all 10 of us as a family or a group of friends want to go? It looks like you could set that up and maybe you could even extend it, that kind of thing with them and pay a little extra money out of pocket to have some additional time at this place. Yeah, I I think that sounds like a really good option. I mean, a 45-minute tour is great, and that sounds like a reasonable price, but you don't necessarily have the time to sit around and ghost hunt, right? Like, you could bring your K2 meter, stuff like that, dousing rods, EMF, all of those things that are, like, really easily portable to try to carry along with you while you go through the tour, but it's not the same as, like, sitting in the dark, kind of terrified for several hours trying to get some sort of activity. Right, but... You know, if you're in Charleston, there are several places that you can stay that are haunted that I'm sure we will do an episode on one of these days, right? Right. There's a lot of haunted places you can stay in. There's inns, there's major hotels. This place is right downtown. So if you go there, I mean, it's right on the ocean. There's a really cool downtown. They have Southern food, Lindsay. Yeah. Good Southern food, good seafood. And this is just one of those stops. If you are a haunted tourist like we are, if you're in Charleston, you gotta go to the old Charleston jail. Yeah, I would love to go. I can't say that I've really visited Charleston. I think I've been there briefly, but I've never stayed. And oddly enough, one of our uncles lives in Charleston. Yeah, and And how we haven't taken advantage of that, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. We're gonna have to let him know that he needs to go to this old Charleston jail and give us the whole scoop. All right, guys. Well, that is the end of this episode. We want to thank everybody for listening. We hope everyone is still staying safe and healthy. If you're enjoying our show, please make sure that you go to our website and you can hit contact us, send us a recommendation. Some of our best episodes are recommendations from our listeners. Also, if you have any ghost experiences, encounters, stories, We love hearing that stuff. So please send us a drop us a line. Send us your ghost stories. We may read them out on the air. And also make sure to give us a five star review. We love getting those. And it also it makes a big difference and helps us engage even more listeners. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everybody.